Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag college football. Sure, the temptation will be high. Um, just like, I mean, I think the temptation to get players back on campus right away was high. And uh, so, you know, I, I think it just all comes down to your priorities, you know, and, and what you believe is best. Sadly, in our college game, voluntary has always been a very loose term, and it's come down. I mean, the reality of the matter is there's different institutions and there's different conferences that, you know, allow you to do a different amount or some just look the other way. That's Oklahoma football coach Lincoln Riley. Voluntary has always been a very loose term. I think we've known that for a long time. I don't think we hear college football coaches say it very often, PK. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what he thinks if nobody on his team and nobody in his program ever showed up for anything that was voluntary. Truth is, competition drives it and people are going to show up because they're going to be worried that the other linebacker or the other offensive lineman or whoever they're competing with for playing time isn't. Or it's just their habit because that's how they got their job. And even if they're not going to lose it because they're the star player, they don't give those habits up. He, he probably won't have that happen. There's a reason why I'm in the studio two hours before you every morning. There it is right there. In an unprecedented move, the NCAA has restored the eligibility of Arizona State punter Michael Turk, who declared for the 2020 NFL Draft, hired an agent, participated in the NFL Combine before going undrafted and unsigned in free agency. Turk had requested assistance from ASU to draft an appeal to have his eligibility restored, citing the impact of the pandemic on his ability to showcase his talent scouts. It's unknown if other college players have fired similar appeals, but P.K., he did not receive money from his agent, according to ASU. We have been waiting for this rule to be changed. Here's the first exception. Do the floodgates open now and change follows. Well, this is like the force majeure rule. You know, I had an attorney just uh, email me uh, yesterday, you know, let no good crisis go to waste. And he, he took advantage of a situation. Good for him. I don't know that they can use that across the board going forward. Now, this year they should be able to. But going forward, next year, year after, so forth and so on on that stuff, I think they should. I was really interested to see this, how this played out. I would like to know exactly what they were thinking. It's very interesting. You know, he was the punter, and he gave up two years of eligibility. And if you recall, he was the guy doing all those bench presses on 225 for a punter at the time of the combine. It was making big news. It was funny because as a punter, and you're not supposed to do all that stuff, right? So you got that going forward. But... I believe that they should do this all the time. You know, have have parameters. Yes, have the parameters set. And if you adhere to the parameters and don't get drafted, don't get signed, and even really, if you want to come back, you should be able to come back. You know, they've eased it. Used to be you had to not have an agent, what have you, and then they eased off, they backed off of that. And the world didn't end when that happened, right? So in this situation, I don't think the world's going to end either. And he's, he's just a punter. I don't want to downplay the punter, but I also don't want to act like he's the star quarterback either. So I thought it was fascinating to see, and it shocked me. I, was, I did not see that coming. 
good for him. And I would like to see good for them going forward. In other sports, the rules are different. It just doesn't seem impossible for them to change the rules. It seems pretty yeah. simple. Don't take money from an agent. And if you don't get drafted and you don't want to go as a free agent in a camp, which I would think most wouldn't because your odds aren't great at that point, uh, then come back. And, yes, coaches will have to figure out how to juggle scholarships, but I bet the coaches already have a pretty good idea who's going to get drafted and who isn't. You know, they talk to NFL people, too. They assess talent, too. So, yes, it's a little bit of a curveball with the scholarship situation, but I don't think it's a big one. No. Uh, players come and go all the time. I mean, and now with these grad transfer things, you got guys leaving that you didn't anticipate, and they leave late, they leave early. I would think that you don't have to declare either. You just are. Right. And you're exactly. you're eligible to be drafted, and if they want to draft you, fine. Why should you have to declare something? If somebody wants to draft you, if somebody wants to offer you a job, DJ, they can. Right. And it's up to you to decide whether you want it or not. But for whatever reason, and right now we have the people who hate the NCAA saying, this is why the NCAA is just so archaic. You know, this old rule left around. Is that the way they talk? Yes, exactly. Okay. By law. (laughs) By law. You have to speak like that when you talk about the archaic NCAA. You can't use this voice. You got to use this one. All right. Uh, other Pac-12 news, a couple other notes. Oregon State tight end Rocco Carley was dismissed from the team after an audio recording surfaced in which he used racist language. Head coach Jonathan Smith made the announcement last night. Carley acknowledged making the video three years ago when he was in high school. He issued an apology on Twitter late last night. So he's out. So, what was the racist language? Do you have any idea? I do not. I don't know. Uh, also, uh, let's just put it this way. It was not good. Well, was it what I would hear in a rap song? In a sense, yes. Okay, just wanted to make that clear. If that, that's what we're talking about, or rapping about, I guess. Also, uh, they're just verbal commitments, and they can change. But, PK, have you noticed uh, USC's got a couple of top 50 yeah. quarterbacks? And course, I, I just yes. wonder the other 11 teams in the Pac-12, not to mention the Mountain West and wherever else in the country, because they don't always stay inside the league, clearly. Uh we just saw a USC quarterback transfer to Boise State, and we saw another former USC quarterback transfer to Georgia. But this just sets up for transfer all over it, because who's the top 50 recruit who's going to want to stay if they aren't identified as the big dog? I mean, you're going to want to be the guy. So set yourself up for uh, way, uh, other coaches who've recruited both these guys have to be thinking, i got to stay in touch with these guys in case one of them flips before they sign or inevitably when one of them transfers. Well, it doesn't even have to be that, whether you recruited him or not. You Then you continue to be available, because I don't know that Boise State recruited Jack Sears mm-hmm. three, four years ago. Uh, yeah, good for SC. You get as much talent as you want, and then it plays out. And then, yeah, we already know one of these guys is going to leave. That's a given. I mean, that, that's just the way it is in this position. So, yeah, we understand that. And you're going to – there's a good chance you're going to end up with a quarterback – uh, leaving or you're going to end up playing a quarterback that two years prior, you had no idea that that would be the case. I mean, very rarely do you come in, in the case of Tyler Huntley, and he starts three years, uh, or maybe even four years. That's unusual now. And if you have one of those guys, good on you, but you've got to be fluid in the quarterback situation at all times. Just look at the U of U 
We've yeah. seen that, man. But it's be interesting to see what happens with BYU because they've got three guys who prove they could play uh, to one degree or another. And are all three going to stay? Well, you'd have to think there's just no way all three are going to stay. Here's things that never used to happen. The Utes are going from a three-year starter at quarterback to somebody else's three-year starter at quarterback, potentially, depending on who they give the job to, obviously. But Yeah, and it could be, and he's a one-year starter for them right? after having started three years some other place. That, that's, that is today's world, and you have to be ready to adapt. And I think everybody is. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better and that we are all part of the solution. That was Drew Brees. That created quite a backlash, and Drew Brees has issued an apology on social media this morning that reads in part, I'd like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, and anyone that I hurt with my comments yesterday. And speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. I'm sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. I recognize I should do less talking and more listening. Uh, he goes on and asks uh, for, says he's very sorry and asks for your forgiveness. Uh, PK, the, the backlash to this was uh, pretty complete, pretty full, pretty loud. Oh, well, what did you think of his comments? I, I couldn't believe he was relitigating something from four years ago. You know, the idea of those protests was to draw our attention to an issue, and that has long since been surpassed by the video out of Minnesota that has drawn everybody's attention to the issue. So I... I don't even know why that's the topic right now. That is such old news. And I'm surprised that he didn't think before he said it that that would offend a bunch of his teammates and a bunch of the guys he competes against around the NFL. I I was really surprised when I saw that. Maybe I shouldn't have been. Maybe that's me being naive, but that surprised me. Well, as I read his apology this morning, he was saying that he was sorry for how his comments were perceived. Yep. Was he sorry for saying them, or was he sorry for how they were perceived? Well, he said perceived, so I'm I'm taking it Let's at with perceived. His yeah. Yeah, because that's an interesting word there. Now, later, on, you, later on, he did yeah. say, um, uh, when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen. For that, I am very sorry, and I ask your forgiveness. Um, so... Okay. Could he say what he said, but yet still listen to people and whatever their pain may be? In this case, the, the as you say, the black community. Can, what I'm trying to get at, can what he said stand alone, and then also over here, what he said that I need to listen to them and try to understand them. Can those two be compatible? Maybe they can't, because it's a deep subject, and I certainly don't have any answers. I'm not pretending that I uh, have answers that can solve this issue by any stretch. I'm just trying to understand I, I think one no. thing versus the I, other. I mean, I think if you keep talking about it, maybe you can try and talk yourself into it, but I, I just think the answer is no, because when he's talking and he says, you know, standing for the flag, you know, it shows unity, I think the response is, well, there isn't unity. Some of us are getting routinely mistreated by the police, and some of you are not. We're not We're not starting in a place of unity, so we can't achieve unity by standing for the flag. 
Now, everybody's going to take that a different way. But I think that's right. how a lot of his teammates are going to take it. And like, Drew, we're not starting from a place of unity. You know, did you see what happened in Minnesota? That's not going to happen to you. But it might happen to me. Or it might happen to someone I'm related to. Or it might happen to one of my friends. You know, in the case of Steven Jackson, literally a pro athlete. And that's a longtime friend of his. So, I think because we're not starting in a place of unity, I mean, maybe I kind of get where you're going at. But I just, I just don't think that's a message that can be said or heard right now. Right now, we need to make sure that nobody has happened to them what just happened in Minnesota, and that four cops can't do that. Well, good luck with that. I know. Uh, You know, (laughs) see, it just feels like this is what I say about the conversations move so far forward. You know, four years ago, you're trying to draw attention to it. And Yaka and I were talking yesterday. You know how I am in the break. This will surprise you not at all, PK. But I was, you know, you hear the... the, you hear the expression, well, 99% of the cops are good. It's a few bad apples. Okay, I don't even know. I'm so uninformed in this. I don't even know how many law enforcement officers there are in the country. So I Google it, and there's different numbers, and maybe it's part-time and full-time, and I didn't do that deep a dive into it. It's a commercial break. But let's say ballpark 700,000. And I could be off by, you know, another place I saw 900,000, another place I saw 650. But let's say 700,000. If... 1% of cops are bad, and I have no idea. That's just a cliche that gets thrown out there. I have no idea if it's a tenth of a percent or 10% or 1%, but whatever. Let's just take 1%. That means there's 7,000 people running around with a badge and a gun and bad intentions. Well, clearly, that's a problem. And clearly, that needs to be fixed, and that needs to be the discussion, not what happened on an NFL sideline four years ago. That was the part that surprised me. All right, uh, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson spoke out about the uh, Black Lives Movement in a Zoom conference call with reporters. He said, uh, when you think about the idea of Black Lives Matter, they do matter. The reality is that me as a black person, people are getting murdered on the street. People are getting shot down and the understanding that it's not like that for every other race. It's like that in particular for the black community. Uh, Being black in America is a real thing. It's a real thing in the sense of the history and the pain, even in my own family, personally. Russell Wilson said he had great-great-grandparents who were slaves. And so when that's the discussion, and that's what other NFL players are talking about, I think that's why Drew Brees got the backlash he got. It seems like they're not talking about the same thing. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. PK, this has been leaked so often, so thoroughly, so precisely, the drip drip of a couple of drops of information daily. I don't know what surprises we can get at 10.30 this morning. Maybe we'll get one. The NBA's Board of Governors is expected to approve a league proposal on a 22-team format to restart the season in Orlando, Florida. Conference call at 10.30. Formal vote on the proposal is expected to be taken. It's expected to pass. I mean, we've heard July 31 for a start date, August 12 for an end date. 22 teams. We even know which 22. 13 from the West, 9 from the East. We know they're supposed to play eight games, the next eight on their schedule for the teams that are still active. If it's one one of the eight teams that isn't going to be active, you just skip on to the next team. Is there anything that can surprise you, possibly possibly exactly what the playoff format will look like? But other than that? Oh, I think there's a million things that can surprise me. It's a question of will they surprise me. So probably not. It seems like this is what they're going to go do. And, and, you know, what... Nothing. I don't think it's going to surprise me uh, because there's they they could do some outrageous stuff, but I don't think they're going to. That would be a surprise. You know, there's some more uh, 
information that's going to come out. When did the training camp start? And, you know, what are they going to be allowed to do in the training camp? So those types of things, they're available to be told. Uh, and I suppose that, that all those details would be out there uh, later on this afternoon. And, and then they'll be able to have it go. And, and away we go. And we'll see what happens there. Well, teams are expected to start training at team sites in July. We're sitting here on June 4th. Advanced to full training camps in Orlando later that month. So we'll get this all laid out. Later today, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has rejected the players' offer for a 114-game regular season with no additional salary cuts, and they've told the union it did not plan to make a counter-proposal. So, we're into take-it-or-leave-it mode here. Brinksmanship, negotiating tactic, or no baseball. I don't know. Yeah. Players feel like they already took the 50% cut in March, and now the owners want another one, and the players think they should have figured that out before they negotiated the deal in March. So we'll wait to see if it's brinkmanship or if somebody moves or somebody eventually makes a counterproposal. What is Trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, the Joe Ingles Show. Joe's going to be with us a little earlier today. He's often an 8.45, 9 o'clock kind of guy. But Joe's going to join us at 8.10 this morning. So Joe Ingles less than an hour away. Craig Bolojack's here at 9 o'clock. It's 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. From Basketball Insider, Steve Kyler. How many teams do you think will truly contend for the title when we resume? Travel won't be a factor. Home court won't be a factor. The crowd isn't going to be a factor. It's just going to be about players. And then you think about everybody's got a chance to get right. So I think it's more than just certainly the Lakers, Clippers, and Milwaukee Bucks. I think I'm ready to widen it when you look at what Boston can be, what Philadelphia could be, what Toronto was starting to look like before injuries hit them. I think this bodes well for Portland. A really good team that had a lot of injuries. Now they're going to be healthy. There's going to be a team that's in this lower tier that's going to be a Cinderella a little bit longer than we think. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right, the question of the day brought to us by Drew Brees. What's your reaction to Drew Brees saying he will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag when asked about NFL players kneeling when play resumes? Drew's come out this morning and apologized for that. Got the comment up on our Facebook page. And PK, I'll bet you can predict. If I said give me five different reactions to this, I'll bet you could nail it. Really? I could? Because I would think that would be five different ones. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Give me five uh, different reactions. You shouldn't have a- well, now that he's apologized, that's sort of brand new news. I don't know if there's any answers relative to the apology because no. as of last night when I went to bed, he hadn't apologized. And then this morning when I wake up, obviously I see that he had apologized. So I don't know if we're including the apology. No. In- okay, so we're not. Uh, well, he was right to say it. He was wrong to say it. Uh, anywhere in between, I guess. Uh, yes. Jared, not to be controversial here, but I just watched his clip and I don't understand what he said that was wrong. 
that's one, and there are plenty along those. Uh, the, some of the middle ground ones, Robbie, that's his opinion. It should be respected as such, like everyone else's opinion. Uh, Jeremy, I hope he likes getting sacked. Ask David Carr how that went. Yeah, see, that kind of stuff bothers me a little bit because he said what he said and he apologized and, you know, all right, fine. Uh, and I was watching last night. They had on uh, a couple of N- former uh, NFL players, uh, Benjamin Watson, and he came on there and he was talking about it. And he's talking to Don Lemon, and we know where Don Lemon is going to come down on what side. I mean, he's made a living literally being saying what he says and he does it for profit i don't so you know we, we understand at least i understand that so i get it he's once you introduce for profit well then you know the agenda there that's to drive ratings and continue to try to make more money more power to you if you can benjamin watson doesn't really have that he's brought on to commentate and give his opinion and i really appreciated it the way he did it because what i say that well i hope drew Brees got to be prepared to get sacked you know that type of thing is that can't we discuss things and put things out on the table drew Brees had a feeling at the time right or wrong he had a feeling does it make him a bad person does it make him a racist i'm not sure it does I mean, I don't know Drew Brees, so I can't say he's this, that, or the other. I mean, I really have no idea. Seems like a decent person, and people rally around him. We know what he did for the city when they had the great flood there several years ago and all that, and he was viewed as a hero for all of his work. So I understand that. And I can remember years ago, Donnie Daniels, who's back in our community, you know, he made a comment about Richie Parker and that recruiting, and it was perceived as being insensitive. Well, I always go to... All right, people make mistakes when they speak sometimes. You know, we do live radio, and it happens. And what is the content of that person's character? Now, I, at that point, I had known Donnie Daniels, and Donnie Daniels was a tremendous human being. So to me, I just don't want to throw him out with the trash because he made some comment that may be viewed as controversial. Donnie, if I recall, apologize it. I don't think anything less of Donnie Daniels because he said something years ago about and he was asked a question and he responded in the moment. And Drew Brees was asked a question and he responded in the moment. But the thing that I think that I would love to see from it is rational, calm discussion. You know, let's say Greg Popovich, when he goes off and starts saying the first president is deranged and doesn't have a brain and all this, that turns me off. If you've got something to say, let's have rational, passionate discussion. I'm all for it. I think that's how we get to know how I get to know my brother, so to speak, if I listen to him. And I suck at listening, and i got to be a thousand trillion times better at listening. And I've been told that personally. So I'm not repeating anything that I haven't had my family tell me. I need to get way, way better than that. I don't know that I ever will, but I need to. So these things, and I really appreciate Benjamin Watson, and Dante Stallworth was also on there too. And they were having discussion about it, and it helped me learn. So I would like to see that. What can we learn from these things and have discussion about it? What can I learn from Drew Brees' response? What can I learn from other people who aren't like me, their responses to it? What did Ben say? Or at least the gist of some of what he said, if you can't repeat it. Well, you know, he's talking about how he's known Drew Brees for a long time. And the things that I was saying about all the good that Drew Brees did. Now, in the final analysis, Benjamin Watson disagreed. And the way he presented himself is 
had such respect for it that when he gets to here are the reasons why I disagree, I'm going to listen more intently than if you come at me in a rage. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I think the rage often obscures the point. Yeah. And I think we all fall into that at some point. I know I do, and I know you do, because we've, we've talked a lot. And I think it, at times we have both obscured our solid points because we were worked up about whatever it was. Which is kind of ironic, because now I can look back and think I was all worked up then, and now I can't remember what the point was. So why was I so worked up about it? And yet, you know, we, we all got our behavior, and we do whatever we do, and so... Yeah, and I get it, it, and I've certainly done it. Yeah, we both have. And I might have a point, and it's just totally obscured because I'm a blithering, raging idiot. (laughs) Right? Um, So there are a wide range of responses here. Um, There, uh, Travis, uh, Travis Pavich says, I owe Cap an apology. I've always been against kneeling for the anthem and the flag, and I was critical of Cap for that. I know now why he was doing it. The time, I didn't. I understand that I may never fully understand, but I stand right beside you. It was Cap's way of protesting peacefully. I will always stand for the anthem, and I request we all do. But I won't judge anyone anymore if you kneel instead. It's not disrespectful like we viewed it as. Well, that, that depends on what you view the anthem as. You know, I don't have any problem with what that person just said. Uh, that's his his opinion and it seemed like it was well thought of. that's what i'm talking about present something to me rationally and i'm going to respect it doesn't matter whether i agree with it i'm i'm going to respect it i i know for me there's i feel like i owe it to the flag to stand there uh, but if you don't i didn't have a problem with what kaepernick did the only thing is that at work, are you allowed to do stuff at work? Could I go on the plaza today and protest something that's near and dear to me and may not be to my ownership? Am I allowed to do that? Once. Really? Yeah, I mean, you can do it once, but then how's the boss going to Without consequence. Re- oh, without consequence? No. I yeah, mean, there's always the chance of consequence. And so right. could Cap do it? Yes. Could there be a consequence? Yes. Was there? Obviously. I mean, obviously, he's talented enough to play in the league, and obviously, the owners don't want to hire him. I mean, they just wanted to go away, and so they blackballed him. Well, yeah, I, I think he's good enough to be in the league. I don't right. know if he's good enough to be a starter. That Agreed. Remains Agreed. To be seen. But good enough to be in the league. But, you know, who are the, is it just the owners, though? Is, is that the only people who blackballed him? Uh, Do they want the... the you know, they... Because you're going to have a problem they, with right. it. See, they, they do it because the pushback that they get from season ticket holders or that they get from sponsors or that they get from advertisers. So they're, or maybe they're not, not even, strong enough to stand up to that? Not necessarily. Well, So Mike Tomlin and Marvin Lewis, this, this is not worth it? Or they were told by their owners they couldn't. And so they kept their mouth shut on that? Suppose they would have gone public with that. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, think you've got to say it isn't the same for every coach. Uh, Tomlin was never going to get Kaepernick because he had Roethlisberger. Well, we were, you weren't bringing on Ro- uh, Kaepernick to be a starter, though. Yeah. You could bring him in as a backup, I suppose. Yeah. Why but the that? fact is they didn't. So and Roethlisberger I think, got injured, so who knows? I think the pressure from the top of the league was enormous. But was it just from the top of the league, or was it also because of how corporate America viewed it, or how some fans viewed it? 
Uh, I don't know that all the responsibility sits on everybody. I mean, I guess the buck stops with the with the league or the commissioner and the owner. Um, but everybody's. I don't know that there's no responsibility with anybody else. You think if Mike Tomlin wanted to sign Kaepernick and he was told no, and it had nothing to do with his talent, he would have kept his mouth shut. That's an interesting question because Mike Tomlin's pretty good with his opinions and was speaking in front of Mike. And he's been so wildly successful, yeah. he wouldn't have been snapped up. It would be like the Andy Reid situation. When Philadelphia let Andy Reid go, Andy Reid had a slew of opportunities almost immediately. They were at literally when the plane landed after the playoff loss, yeah, there were planes yeah. waiting on the tarmac to fly him to interviews. It and if Mike Tomlin fast. didn't coach at Pittsburgh, maybe I'm naive here, but I would have to think there would be a line of teams. Because this man has been successful for a good life. He's the longest tenured coach in the NFL. Off the top of my head, I probably think he is. I don't know. I'd have to go back and think about it. Belichick would be up there, too, obviously. Uh, but I would think that I mean, th- th- Mike Tomlin's a man of such stature. Of, and aside from success, now he's had incredible success, obviously. And, they, you know, he hasn't gotten the, the due that Belichick has gotten because he hasn't won as much. But if you look at him, I mean, he's right there in the conversation, is he not? Because he's changed over. He's had Roethlisberger for a good number of years in the way that Belichick has had Brady, obviously. But they've they've been successful even when they haven't. I mean, they may not have been, have been a playoff team or gone far in the playoff, but they've been – the fact is the the Steelers have been a pillar franchise in in, in the manner that the – the Patriots have. The way I look at them, I look at yeah. them as being consistently successful. It's the odd season that they're not successful. So my point is, Mike Tomlin's got all sorts of leverage and credibility. And and I, maybe I, I could be 100% wrong, but I have a hard time thinking that if he said to his ownership, the Rooney family, and the Rooney rule is named after the Roonies, I, know. Hey, I want this guy on my team, they're going to say, no, are you kidding me? There's just no way. Now, do I think he's good enough to be a back, at least be a backup? Absolutely. Do I think he's been blackballed? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, more reaction coming in this morning. Hit us up at Facebook.com. Uh, Darren says, it's not disrespectful of the flag. I served our country and fought for his freedom to peacefully protest. Yeah, but who gets to decide what is disrespectful for the flag? What I may view as disrespectful, you may think as as the opportunity of freedom and something that you fought for, as this man says. So who gets to decide? Because isn't that a personal decision? Yes, and I think that's why opinions are all over the map. Right, Uh, so if you think it's not disrespectful and you want to do it, I support you. But if I think for myself it is disrespectful, I don't want to do it, why can't I be accorded the same type of uh, line of thinking? I don't want to say privilege, but the same type of thinking. If, if you kneel, more power to you, man. If that's what you want to do and your employer, because he did it on the job. You know, if he would have done it in his private time, well, I don't think anybody in my mind, I could be wrong, but in my mind, I don't think anybody could object. If that's what he wants to do, he's not burning it. He's kneeling. It's at 100% peaceful. He's literally hurting no one. The only thing I would say is that can you do it on the job? Because he obviously he did it on. But that's where the high profile is. And if he did it on his own, you know he wouldn't get the the movement. Although what did the movement do? Uh, you can some some can say the movement did nothing in light of what happened last week. 
So we still haven't eliminated, not that I think we're ever going to eliminate it. I, I don't know that, that when you're dealing with human beings, to get everybody, the entire world on the same page is going to be impossible. <laughs> so someone says it's not disrespectful. Someone says it is disrespectful. I respect both sides. And then, if I think it is, and then you don't, fine. You have that right to not, but I have that right too. And then there's this side, which has been previously reported, but is worth mentioning again, and Joe Walker posted it. Until 2009, no NFL player stood for the national anthem because players are actually in the locker room during the anthem. The players were moved to the field during the national anthem because it was seen as a marketing strategy to make the athletes look more patriotic. The United States Department of Defense paid the NFL $5.5 million between 2011 and 2014, and they paid the National Guard $6.7 million between 2013 and 15 to stage on-field patriotic ceremonies as part of a military recruitment budget line item. Yeah, that's all well and good, but at the high school, they don't do it at all. No one's getting paid to do it, and so you still could have done it. I mean, the NFL, I, fine, they got money for it, great, but I don't, I don't, I don't really care about that. that. That's not, to me, that, that's not that big of an issue because they do it at, in the opening of uh, sometimes scouts, scout meetings, you know, when they have a PAC meeting or whatever they call it. You know, there's all sorts of times the national anthem is played, uh, so, and no one's getting a dime for it. And you could have done it then and all that stuff. It's still the, the issue is whether you think it's disrespectful or you don't. And if Drew Brees wants to think for him, he, could, he believes he needs to stand, okay. But I think that if Drew would have said, but I support my teammates and whomever's right to do what they do 100%. Would he be facing this type of backlash? Maybe he would. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm posing questions. I, as I say a million times over, I have no answers to this issue. Then there's Jacob. Who cares what Drew Brees thinks? Well, his teammates do, the people who interact with him. I guess if you don't well, like, like the NFL and you're sitting on the yeah. other side of the country and you don't think athletes slash celebrities should be weighing in with their political opinions, maybe you completely dismiss it. But celebrity matters in this country and yeah, NFL sure. quarterbacks. I mean, he's a leader are, in that community. Yeah, right. And NFL quarterbacks are celebrities. And certainly he's elevated his status because of other stuff he's done with the natural disasters that you know the Saints fans have dealt with. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, And he was been widely praised for this. Yep. For that, I should say. All right, well, there's a wide range of reactions pouring in, and you can uh, read all of them. And as PK pointed out at the start of this segment, uh, put this question up on Facebook last night and got a lot of responses, but the storyline starts to change this morning as uh, Drew Brees comes out with the apology we read you earlier in the show, uh, talking about how much, uh, how much pain he has caused and how much that bothers him. So, there you go, DJ and PK. Uh, when we come back, what were you watching last night? And Joe Ingles is coming up earlier than usual. Joe Ingles about a half hour away, 810 this morning, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com, Kurt Heelan. Finally, it seems like we have something concrete to talk about. July 31st, October 12th, 22 teams. It's a plan that puts together a lot of winners. It gives them as many people what they want as they could. Like the NBA players wanted regular season games. And they will be happy to tell you that it's to get their legs under them, and that's absolutely part of it. They get paid for the regular season. You know, they get bonuses for the playoffs. So they become winners. Uh, I think Adam Silver 
comes off, the owner, the broadcast partners get what they want, which is a lot of playoff games. I think, that, like I said, a lot of the elite players, guys like LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden, these guys, like, if you're a really good team, there just aren't that many chances. And so you're like, you've got to take the chance while you got it. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. Clean home is a healthy home, and right now Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Plus, schedule three rooms, and they'll clean your fourth for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning at 801-288-9376. Flipping around last night, PK, and you know the, uh, I think you were talking a couple weeks ago about watching some of the Air America stuff. Uh, they do stuff on the Smithsonian Channel. They've got these hour-long documentaries on states. They fly over them, and they got all these dramatic views and everything. And I didn't know that they'd started applying the same thing to uh, other countries. And I saw one for South Africa last night and was watching that from big cities to, uh, you know, wildlife to uh, historic sites to national parks to golf courses. They're featuring some of the golf courses there. We know there have been some. Over the decades, different elite South Africans on the PGA Tour. And, uh, and they had it all. So it was pretty cool. That stuff's always right good. Right on. That stuff is always good. What did you watch last night? I already told you. Benjamin Watson. Yes. And I was fascinated by it. It was a great interview. Uh, and who else? And, da- and Dante Stallworth, too. Okay. Both of those guys, yeah. I did. They were on for a good while on CNN, and it caught my eye. And listening, listening to both of those guys talk, I was. It opened my mind. I was on the Drew Brees thing, uh, because this is, this is a hot topic. I mean, it, it's not the hottest topic. Obviously, we know what the hot topic is, as you say, but it's still a topic. Uh, oh, and Drew Brees, I guess, made it a topic by speaking, by being asked that question. And they gave giving the response that he gave, and then I went from there to listening to other people comment on it. And Drew Brees, to a lot of people in that area, and it's a regional area too. It's not just you know a city; it really extends into a state and beyond. You can argue into other areas. It's like uh, you know the the Denver Broncos and Denver sports. You know, it's not just Denver. It goes, doesn't go as much west, but it certainly goes north, south, and east uh, to, a, to a level. You know, I could say the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are more No, I mean the Saints. The Saints are a big deal in, in to a yeah. lot of people in Arkansas and to a lot of people in Mississippi. Right. And you can see it by right. the way the games are televised, just the way you can see it on the maps by the way the Broncos are televised. You know, they're going to yeah. be on in Montana and Wyoming and Utah and Nebraska. and Yeah, yeah on and it and goes, on. definitely goes yeah. east there. Uh, for for all of Denver sports, Broncos being the king of Denver sports. And so Drew Brees is a powerful name because he's had a phenomenal, successful career. Plus, he's a little guy, too. I always think the little guys, 
when they succeed draw somewhat of more attention you know because they're not they weren't blessed with you know the six four 220 pounds that they have in that frame you know it could be you or me you know i think that's one of the reasons that donovan mitchell were so astounded because he's not the kobe bryant michael jordan type that were six five six 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 seven you know he's a smaller dude but yet he's so electric in the way he plays i think it it attracts us a little bit more i think drew Brees has that but then listening to the two watson and stallworth speak on the topic that's that's what i love that's my essence of what i've been trying to say have meaningful discussion on all things because i maybe i'm just a fool here in pollyanna but i think discussion can be had in a manner that causes you to think and then then once that happens that's when progress is made and for me i had some progress for myself listening to those gentlemen speak about this issue of what Drew Brees said. Well, I suppose that, you know, you hear those things and it makes incremental progress. It seems impossible sitting right here now to think that the problem can be fixed. I mean, people who've thought about it a lot longer than you and I and people who've known about it for a lot longer than you and I, you know, people a level of awareness deeper than you and I are saying they don't know what comes next. I mean, something needs to come right. next because the protests alone aren't going to fix it. They call attention to the problem, but okay, now fix it. And maybe you yeah. can incrementally fix it by opening people's minds, but it also seems like watching some people on TV, they don't want to have their minds changed. I was talking to a friend of mine now, you know, this this 60-year-old white guy who grew up in southern Illinois, and he said, I don't know how this is going to get changed. I look at the people I went to high school with in southern Illinois who went into law enforcement, and some of them you could see it. They had the temperament. They had the mindset. They had the, he was talking about how some of them were, uh, had been on the school football team, and they had this you know, physical presence. He thought, yeah, I, I can see that. He said, I saw some guys who did it and thought, well, that's just trouble. That's never going to work. You know, now what percentage of every police force is that? And I mean, he's lived here 25 years. I don't even know if he knows how many of these, you know, people are still on the police force and maybe they left at some point or whatever. I guess some of them would be retirement age now because he's getting there. Um, You know, but it seems like a massive problem. You're dealing with hundreds of thousands of officers in 50 states and territories, too, I guess, D.C., right across the country. Yeah. all these different jurisdictions, different governors, different mayors, different, how's this all going to get worked out? And so to listen to somebody who's thoughtful and eloquent on the topic is great, and that changes one person's mind, and maybe that's just what it is, changing one person's mind. But you just see some of the behavior, and you're thinking, I can't talk rationally to you. You're, you're so over the top. I mean, there were literally people standing on the sidewalk telling the officer in Minnesota, he can't breathe, stop it. I mean, you just can't talk to some people. They want to do what they want to do. Well, what, what do we do about those people? What's the process? How does it work? And you hear former police chiefs saying, well, half the people who get fired get their jobs back after appealing. So even the people who are in charge of firing people, when they decide to fire them, can't make it stick. So how does this all get changed? I'm thinking if I get quiet now and let you present an answer, you don't have one. And I know I don't have one. Well, I think that the issue is more than the police. I mean, I think it's more about the racism issue. And so I think it goes beyond. If you want to use the police as an example, 
you know, yeah. obviously that's great. But I think it's a bigger issue. It is. I think it's a much it's, bigger it's, issue. It's, it's, it's a, really a much bigger much issue. Bigger. It's a lot of things. And, and yeah. police behavior, police brutality is the one that's grabbed all the attention right now. But it sits upon the shoulders. It's like a pyramid. It sits upon a lot of other cornerstones to get to that point. Yeah, I can't fix any problem. All I can do is try to fix myself. So I can't worry about, well, is the problem going to be get fixed or not? Because I have no control over that. What I have control over is myself. And maybe I have some influence. Now, I don't have much influence over anybody uh, in my home. And I don't want to get into any of that. But uh, other people do. And maybe they have a coach, for instance, Kyle Whittingham, you know, has influence over a lot of people, obviously. And so he can take this opportunity to make things better on a small level, you know, relative to the entire country and world, obviously. But when I listen to this stuff, as I did listening to Stallworth and Watson speak, it helped me think, opened my mind a little bit more to understanding. I don't know Watson. I don't know Stallworth. But I have more respect for them listening to them speak about the issue. Uh, they, rather than being all outrageous and making outlandish statements they spoke in calm rational voices and made very good points and it makes me think that all right this is this is something that what whatever something means to me could mean something completely opposite to somebody else and it doesn't mean that they're wrong in fact actually they could be right and i could be wrong so that's the way i look at these things i can't change the world by any stretch all i could do is try to influence myself to to think better and improve i guess if more, more folks did that maybe there would be some progress dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone joe ingles is about 15 minutes away stay with us